Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And welcome back. Another week of Animal Radio, a few days away from Thanksgiving. Our friend David Fry will be on your TV set for NBC's Thanksgiving Day Dog Show. I love that. Some people watch football. We here at Animal Radio love that dog show. Uh, David Fry will be joining us today on Animal Radio. Also, ABC Good Morning America's Dr. Marty Becker is back in his briefs. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's you're, a, you're in your briefs. Yeah, I know. Turn down the air conditioning, if you will. <laughs> no, he's back for another Becker brief. Also, the truth behind pet insurance. And buying stuff on the Internet, Dr. Jim Humphreys reports, gives you some tips and advice. Cat yoga. Yes, I think I'm reading that right. <laughs> Santa's reindeer and your phone calls at one 405 8405 We've put together several dozen cat and dogs Thanksgiving packs for your stories of, well, animal thankfulness or how you spoil your pets for Thanksgiving. Well, let's go ahead and clear the lines first. one 405 8405 Hi, who's this? Lisa Jenkins. Hi, Lisa. How you doing? Okay, and you? Uh, doing okay. Sounds like you're at work, huh? Yes. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh, well, we'll, we'll make this fast, and we'll be quiet, and we'll help you as best we can. What can we do for you today? Well, I have a problem with one of my cats. Um, she uses the bathroom, does number two in the litter uh-huh. box, but then while, when she finishes, she comes out and pees either on the floor or on my carpet. On the floor or on the carpet? Is this a new behavior? Um... Well, it's been happening for uh, about five years. Really? Okay. Since I moved. Since you moved? Yes. When I first um, got her as a kitten, I was living somewhere else, and like two years and a half after I moved, Uh she wasn't doing that at the other place. No. But when I moved, she didn't do it right away, but after a while, she started are the litter setups, uh, are they the same that you had in both places? I mean, are they the same litters? Did it did it have a cover? Well, at, at the other place, it didn't have a cover. Oh. I have a cover now. Well, there's there's probably your problem right there. But I also have the one without the cover. I, I would use both uh-huh. really? at, for a while to see if that helped. Mm-hmm. And it seemed to, but then she started doing it again. She's an only cat, I take it, yes? Uh, no, I have two. You have two cats. Are they new cats since you moved in? Um, no. I had them both since June 2000. Okay, so you have you have two litters. Well, I have one I have one litter right now. One litter and how many cats? Two cats. Two, two okay. cats. Okay. You need to get a second litter, you know, even up to 3. Sometimes some people say one litter for every cat plus one. That would be your best bet and it's sort of it's hard to tell from here, but these are some typical things that happen. Uh, if you have a hood or a cover on your litter, uh, they, they go into an enclosed area. And with other cats around, sometimes they're afraid to go into an enclosed area. And they might go in there, do their number two real fast, and then when they need to go number one, uh, they'll uh, go somewhere else where they can sort of look around and not feel like they're enclosed uh, within a certain area. The other thing is uh, we need to make sure that your cat is urinating and not spraying. It sounds like your cat is uh, is is urinating because it's on the carpet. Usually spraying is on the wall. Uh, but they do spray as, as a marking characteristic. Uh, and I don't know if that's what's happening there. They, they take a different posture. I don't know if you've ever seen it happen there. 
Yeah, I've, I've seen it. Is it a male or female, and have they been altered? Um, they're both female, and they've been altered. They've both been spayed. Okay, well, that's good. I, I would be willing to bet that if you throw another couple of litters in there and actually keep the top off the other the other litters... And keep them clean. They don't like going in dirty litter boxes. That your problem will get solved. Now, five years is a long time for a behavior to be going on, so you might want to make sure that if you ever see your cat starting to urinate on the floor, that you pick them up and put them into the litter, one of the new litters that you put there. Oh, yeah, I've tried that, too, but... That's not, she has, um, I don't know, she seems irritated. Oh, does she? She whines and just uh, picks me up at night. Sometimes I have to just put her in the bathroom alone. Does the urine, what what does the urine look like? Does it look like normal urine? Yes. It's not pinkish, like there might be a trace amount of blood. She could have a urinary tract infection. Something that's painful. And what they do is they associate the litter with pain because they go in the litter, they go to urinate, and if it's painful, then they don't want to use the litter. They think the litter box is actually causing the pain when it actually it's a urinary tract infection. I would say one of the first things you should do is also go to your vet, tell him what's going on, and have her checked for urinary tract infection. Inappropriate urination is often a sign of something medical going wrong too. So mm-hmm. it looks like there's several things that could be happening here, but most importantly, let's check to make sure that she's healthy first of all mm-hmm. and uh, that she doesn't have a problem that can be quickly cured. Right. I, I tried that too. I took her to the vet it, and explained everything mm-hmm. and they told me to get this spray called Keep Off or something. I, I used it and she had stopped going mm-hmm. in the bathroom, but she started back eventually again. Does she go, when she urinates, does she urinate in the same place every time? Well, in, in three um, in three areas in the bathroom uh-huh. and in two particular spots right outside the bathroom on my carpet. Okay, we also have a product called Get Serious, which will remove the odors because sometimes they'll keep going back to the same place. You clean it and you can't smell anything, but they have such a great sense of smell. If she smells where she's urinated before... She'll think it's the same place to go and yeah. she'll go back. So you need to really get that odor out and... Teach her that this is an inappropriate place for her yeah, to urinate. You can put things, if she goes in the same places, you can try like aluminum foil on the floor or, you know, plants or put something in the places where she goes. Clean it up real well and put something else in the place. Put another litter without a cover and... Hopefully. <laughs> and we'll send you some Get Serious yes. to get you started, okay? Okay, and one more thing. Uh-huh. Um, when she looks at, she tries to look at me, but she looks like above, like on the wall, like she sees something. Like mm. something is mentally wrong with her. There might be something. Yeah. So I, I don't know what... I'm thinking she's retarded. She, she have retarded cats. <laughs> she, you, yes. you never know. Some, some cats are there and some cats aren't. But I can tell you, depending, it doesn't matter if they're there or not. They can give just as much love, uh, that uh, unconditional love that uh, any kind of cat can give. All right. Okay. Uh, your vet would be the best uh, check for if there's blindness going on or some kind of uh, other something wrong but uh, you never know she she can definitely give you the same amount of love if you can help her clean up that mess and get her back into the litter things will be good hold on a second we okay. need to get your address All we're right. going to send you some get serious and I'm also going to throw in some comfort zone which may be another solution for this and uh, I'll throw in some toys too how do you what do you think about that she's a lucky devil what's her name <laughs> Smokey. Smokey? Smokey's going to make out today, okay? Okay. Hold on a second, Lisa. 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. 
Log on. Learn more. I believe in the wings we have David Fry waiting to talk to us. He's online, too. He is online, too. Of course, you'll see him this Thanksgiving hosting the Purina Dog Show. Hi, David. Hal, how are you? Very well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Getting in gear for the Westminster Kennel Club show, which is in February, but you get in gear early for it, don't you? Well, I got about I'm about twelve pounds away from my tuxedo weight. I think <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the main challenge. <laughs> that's the toughest part of it. I know this year you have some fun new stuff happening, like uh, new breeds that'll be judged. We have four new breeds this year, and. Uh, for the first time in a while. We haven't had any new breeds for a few years, but we have four of them now. The Plot, which is in the Hound group, the Tibetan Mastiff in the Working group, uh, and two in the Herding group, the Boceron and the Swedish Valhund. Oh, okay. Now, how long have they been around? Well, some of these dogs have been around for thousands of years. The Tibetan Mastiff is probably sure. one of the oldest breeds uh, in existence. Then but why does it take so long to get part of a, a judged breed? Well, I think a lot of it, the AKC rules are that you need to have a, a following in this country, and it's not, it has to have some geographical uh, breadth to it. Uh, you know, across the country, can't all be just some guy uh, in Georgia that owns 50 of them. Mm. Uh, there has to be a parent club that advocates for the breed and has a standard, and uh, that they're tracking its, its breeding, its stud book, if you will. And uh, and they have to have been around for a few years. So sometimes it can move through the process, through the recognition process with the AKC, a little faster than than others. But and some of them, you know, they just don't even care. I mean, it took a lot of years, for example, to get the Cavaliers recognized in this country. It's because a lot of the Cavalier people just didn't really seem to care whether they were recognized by the AKC or not. And mm -hmm. the same thing we went through with uh, the Jack Russell Terriers, the Parson Russell Terriers. Now, so between now and Westminster. Uh, is Thanksgiving. God, it just doesn't believe it. Just flies <laughs> and by. then Christmas, too, is in there. Well, the reason I bring up Thanksgiving, of course, is because most people... No, well, let's not say that. A lot of people like to watch football, but most people love to watch the dog show. Uh, and are you going to be hosting again? Yes, I am. I'm co-hosting again with John O'Hurley, the national dog show presented by Purina. Uh, Thanksgiving Day comes on right after the Macy's Parade at noon. And uh, it's become a great tradition. We have, uh, you know, almost 20 million people watching that show every year. We're very proud of what it's become. It's a, it's actually a taping of the the Kennel Club of Philadelphia dog show, which is held a few days before, uh -huh. and uh, on Saturday, and then it's produced down into a two-hour special for Thanksgiving Day, and it's become very popular. This will be our our sixth year in existence, and, and uh, it's doing wonderful things. Well, it's great for the people that don't like football. Yeah, it's great really. for people like well, me. <laughs> it's a perfect it's a perfect television show for the holiday, a family holiday, yes. where you've got people gathered around, you know, generations, grandparents and great-grandparents and, and children and grandchildren, and they can do something here. Maybe they don't want to watch football. I grew up in a football family. We really never thought about anything other than football at Thanksgiving. Uh -huh. But... But now, in this day and age where where homes have two and three and four TV sets, you've got to, you've got some options. You know, you can go in the den and watch the football game. You can go in the living room and watch the dog show. So uh, we think we've got we we help complete the holiday by giving somebody an option of what they're watching. 
And of course, John O'Hurley, a very, very funny guy. He's eloquent and funny and, and debonair. He just uh, he loves the dog show, and, and he's got a lot of things going on in his life, and he's very good at all of them. I'm proud to have him as my friend and as my partner. We'll have to see how he's doing with his tuxedo fitting. <laughs> well, the treat that you're going to see this year on the dog show is you'll get to see John's uh, nearly one-year-old son, uh, William Dillon, uh, in his tuxedo, helping uh-huh. us uh, as much as he can with with the telecast. <laughs> the other 363 days a year, you do some other fun things. Angel on a Leash. Angel on a Leash had its beginnings three years ago as a charitable activity for the Westminster Kennel Club, uh, supporting a therapy dog program at the Morgan Stanley Children's Hospital of New York Presbyterian here in New York City. And uh, and we thought that would be fun. We'd have a good time. It would uh, get us involved with children and dogs and, and be a nice activity for the club. Uh, after we, it had a little bit of exposure uh, on, on our telecast, it suddenly became of interest to people all over the country where we got calls from, from people who wanted to be Angel on a Leash. They wanted to have teams in their facility. They wanted to be individually involved with their own dog. And, and so we expanded, and we're now... We expanded first in New York City. We're at the Morgan or at the uh, Ronald McDonald House of New York City. We're at New Alternatives for Children here in New York. We're at New Milford Hospital in Connecticut, and uh, we're in Portland, Oregon, at the Providence Healthcare Centers in Portland. Two children's units that they have there, and we're at the world famous St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in Memphis. So uh, we're a lot of places without trying. It really to expand, just kind of reacting to the phone calls and the, and the and the interest that it's generated, and now we've become uh, Angel Alicia has become its own 501c3 charity, uh, a charity of the Westminster Kennel Club, but nonetheless, it's an independent entity that uh, is all over the country. We have dogs here that would be great for therapy dogs. They're getting on in age, but they're just wonderful friends. How can I start something like that here? It's a wonderful activity, Therapy Dogs. It's an opportunity for you to do something with the dog that you love in, in your own community, do a positive activity in your own community for people in need. So we would encourage people to get involved wherever they may be. And the way we encourage that to happen is that uh, the first step is getting your dog trained and certified and uh, trained and evaluated and then registered with Delta Society because Delta is everywhere. There are a couple of other organizations that do this, but Delta is a truly an international organization. If you go to the Delta Society website, deltasociety.org, then uh, click on the Pet Partners links, and you can find a trainer uh, in your near you, and and you can go, you can contact them and find out what their class schedule is to get registered and going. And, and Delta will help you find. Also, a place to visit if you don't have one in mind already. All good stuff. It sounds like you're working hard. We look forward to seeing you on Thanksgiving. Well, thank you, and thanks for the opportunity to share all of this with everybody. We're very proud of the things that our wonderful therapy dog teams are doing through Angel on a Leash and, and, of course, the Westminster Kennel Club, which is a, a celebration of the dog in our lives. And, and uh, what better way to do it than to be places and helping people as well as bringing you the greatest dog show in the world. A couple of websites I want to give out, angelonaleash.com. And, of course, links to everything you've heard, all the links, everything that David's talked about, any guest you've heard on the show today or any day ever, you can find links at animalradio.com. Thank you so much for joining us. That's great. Thanks, Hal and Judy. Always nice to talk to you. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. 
Learn more. This is Glenn Close on Animal Radio. And remember how very, very important it is to spay or neuter your pet. Buddy, don't do that. Don't worry. Lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard K9 Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. Hey, you know anyone who has owned a pet can tell you nothing is more frustrating than their pet soiling in the house. Often they do this in one spot over and over and over again. There's a reason why your pets do this. Pets are attracted to their own unique body scent, which is known as their pheromone. And that pheromone is always left behind in every soiling. Therefore, it's natural for your pet to follow his keen sense of smell and go back to it. So the question is, how do we get the pheromone out so our pets stop? Resoiling in the house. Well, the good news is there's finally an answer. It's Get Serious Stain, Odor, and Pheromone Extractor. Get Serious is the only stain and odor remover with the ability to remove your pet's pheromone while also getting out the urine odor and any stain. Stop blaming your pets for resoiling when you used a cleaner that didn't get the pheromone out. And don't spend another minute cleaning up unnecessary repeat accidents. Pick up Get Serious today at PetSmart or visit PetSmart.com. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit Pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update, made possible by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Pet insurance, it's more popular than ever. I'm Hal Abrams. When David Quilty of Santa Monica took his cat Damon to the vet for a checkup, he didn't expect to spend $1,000 to get two of Damon's teeth pulled because of cavities. Like Quilty, many pet owners are concerned by the rising cost of pet health care, which is partially the result of advances in veterinary medicine. Statistics show that people are willing to foot the growing medical bills for their beloved pets. U.S. pet owners spent $10.5 billion on vet care in 2005. Now, who has pet insurance? Well, a 2004 survey by the American Animal Hospital Association estimates that 3% of pet owners in the U.S. carry insurance. That's far lower than in Sweden, where nearly 50% of pet owners insure their animals. Now, pet health insurance may be worth considering as a way to prepare for unexpected medical expenses. What's not always clear is whether it's cost-effective. Companies selling pet insurance in the U.S. include Veterinary Pet Insurance, Pet Health Incorporated, The Hartville Group, Pets Best Insurance, Embrace Pet Insurance, Pet First Healthcare, Pet Partners, and Pet Plan USA. These companies generally offer a few levels of policies ranging from $5 to $30 a month on average, and that's for a healthy pet. 
The cost varies depending on the extent of the coverage, benefit limits, deductibles, and co-payments. Dogs are generally more expensive to insure than cats. Now, when shopping around for a policy, find out exactly what the policy covers and what the exclusions are. Most policies exclude pre-existing conditions and may exclude hereditary conditions. Here's some additional questions you should ask the insurance company. Are drug and dental coverage included? Will my premium go up over time? How will I be reimbursed? And does the plan cover for chronic or recurring conditions? And finally, what are the financial limits of the coverage? Get more details at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Earth-conscious consumers have an eco-friendly choice in pet care. The Simple Solution Natural line of 100% all-natural pet products, 100% biodegradable training pads, biodegradable even by California standards. They'll biodegrade faster than an orange peel. Also, Simple Solution Natural Pet Stain and Odor Remover, a great alternative to harsh chemicals found in traditional household cleaners. Simple Solution Natural, based on a way of life. Find Simple Solution at Petco, PetSmart, or your local pet retailer. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Phones are ringing white hot with your thankful stories, how you're spoiling your animals for Thanksgiving. Hi, who's this? My name is Erica. Hi, Erica. How you doing? I'm well, thank you. Good. Where are you calling from? What city? I'm calling from Tahunga. Tahunga. So you must be listening on either coast or Tabig, yes? Yes, I listen on coast. Very good. What can we do for you today? Do you have a story? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's perfect. I keep myself um, surrounded by cats and dogs, and I have for many, many years. And I think it's, um, I think it's just the most effective form of therapy that I have. Oh, yes. After a hard day of work, you, you, you come home and uh, you get to relax and these wonderful creatures give you unconditional love and uh, yet we're not thankful enough are we do we thank them enough uh they really get their share <laughs> you spoil your pets huh? well i do i spoil them by um feeding them properly and taking care of their needs um and not indulging not indulging them with the wrong kinds of food and sure. things like that but uh no i just have so much appreciation for the way that they teach me you know, if if I watch them long enough and pay attention to what what they do, uh-huh. then I learn things like resting. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, they really teach me that I can de-stress. What? Uh, how many pets do you have right now? Um, up to, or I should say, down to four <laughs> four cats and two dogs. Wow! And they all get along. They love each other. They're great. One the, happy family, huh? Yeah, the Siamese thinks she's in charge of everyone, but then there's the big orange tabby that likes to tell her, you know, and keep her in her place. But it's it's lovely to just see them create their own family, even though they came into the house at all different times. Uh-huh. Which is so very, very important. So hold on one second, Erica, and thanks for listening to Animal Radio. Don't go anywhere. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Looking for your stories of thankfulness or how you're spoiling your animals for uh, Thanksgiving. You spoil your animals all the time, Judy. Right. Three hundred and sixty-five days a year. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. We'll be back with more Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Emmy Lou Harris on Animal Radio. Please stay new to your pet. 
Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just by eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Protect your dog and your family by deworming your dog twice a year with Safeguard Canine Dewormer. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Jim Humphreys for Animal Radio. We live in an age of almost instantaneous information. Technology like the Internet has changed the way we think and educate ourselves. It's easier than ever to research topics and make decisions about almost any subject, even good medical care for both our families and our pets. But is that advice good? Searching for pet-related items on the web, you'll find everything from pet psychics to pet pharmacies. With this explosion of information, people might ask, are there Internet pet sites that you can trust, really? Is it okay to trust our pet's health to someone other than your family veterinarian? For most pet owners, their veterinarian is their primary source of advice. But the urge and desire to save money on our pet's care is a big factor in deciding where to go for that advice. Just look at all the blogs, the chat rooms, and the message boards that offer all kinds of pet care information and pet health information. Anyone can post anything on the web. There's no requirement for that person to actually be an expert. And while much valuable information can be found, there's also much that is inaccurate or just plain incorrect or even dangerous. When it comes to understanding how all aspects of our pet's environment, genetics, physical health, and even mental and emotional health are related your family veterinarian is still the best choice to provide you the answers you need. You see, veterinarians have either a DVM or a VMD degree. This Doctor of Veterinary Medicine designation is your assurance of proper training and the completion of a university-accredited curriculum. Knowing this, a good place to start to find accurate and up-to-date information on animal health is your veterinarian's website. Many will have links that are pre-approved veterinary medical sites, such as veterinarypartner.com, or sites associated with the nearest veterinary teaching hospital, for example. Additionally, your veterinarian's website may allow you to order common pet medications and other treatments online. Some may even allow you to schedule an appointment or ask advice. The biggest reason for visiting your family veterinarian's website is the comfort of knowing it comes from your pet's doctor, the one who knows you and your pet the best. This huge pipeline of information that is the Internet is wonderful. You have an incredible resource at your fingertips, but frankly, it should come with a warning label. Caution! The information you're about to receive or the products you may buy may not be right for you or your pet. For the health care of your special pet friend, don't rely on third-party resources of unknown qualifications. You, your veterinarian, and your pet are the best team to ensure your pets live a long and healthy life. For the Veterinary News Network at MyVNN.com, I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting for Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. 
Log on. Learn more. Some people might find it kind of interesting to know that in most European countries, it is illegal to declaw your cats, your kitties. Well, there's lots of reasons. I'm not even going to go into the reasons right now. I'm going to talk a little more about the legislation. I have Merritt Clifton from Animal People joining us. West Hollywood, they adopted an anti-decline ordinance in 2003, and it's been challenged, but I guess the challenge isn't going through. Who was it challenged by the California Veterinary Medical Association? Right. They hold that this should be uh, an option for veterinarians to provide the service. Of course, some veterinarians make a lot of money by declawing cats. But the uh, California Supreme Court on October 10 uh, dismissed the last appeal after the, the ban was initially overturned by a lower court and then affirmed by an appellate court. And uh, by refusing to hear the case, the California Supreme Court affirmed that the law is good, the law stands, and other communities in California are now at liberty to pass the similar type of ordinance. And for that matter, because it went through appellate levels and actually went all the way to the California Supreme Court, this is a precedent which, although it's not binding on other states, it's certainly influential. It suggests now that probably any community anywhere in the country could adopt similar legislation, and although they might have a court fight, the precedents are at the appellate and Supreme Court level in their favor. Is San Francisco next? Maybe. It's really hard to tell. In a big city like San Francisco, putting together legislation, moving it ahead, and so forth, is a longer process than in small-town America. And while there is definitely momentum in San Francisco in terms of being able to get it together and do it and get it done, there are probably many smaller communities that can do it faster. Why is it that it is illegal in European countries and mostly around the world? Without going, well, it's not actually illegal, and I'm surprised people keep saying that okay. because it it has been banned in several nations in Scandinavia, okay. in, I believe it's the Netherlands, Britain, certainly. Where there, are, and I'm not sure what the status is in France, but in nations where there are strong animal advocacy organizations and strong regulation of the veterinary profession, it's been banned. But in most of the world, there's very little regulation of the veterinary profession, and in some parts of the world, there aren't even any standards for who can be a veterinarian. You're a veterinarian if you hang out the shingle and you treat animals. <laughs> Uh, what 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 is the California Veterinary Medical Association standing on? Obviously, they can't say just money. You mean in terms of their philosophical position? Yeah, uh, pretty much the same position as the veterinary profession has always taken on things like ear cropping, tail docking, and declawing. It uh, animals are the property of whoever keeps the animal and. What the person wants to do with the animal is uh, between the person and the veterinary associations. But that kind of regulation is really just beginning in most of the world. Mm, okay, well, all of it looks like good legislation here, especially the, the decline. If people want to follow this story, they can follow it in Animal People, news for people who care about animals. Your newspaper is available. How can we get a hold of well, it? I'll be, free to, I'll be happy to send a free sample to anybody. Just give me a call at 360-579-2505. 
or go to our website, www.animalpeoplenews.org. You can hear all my assistants yes. in the background. <laughs> They, they sound like they're hard at work. Breaking news story is happening, it sounds like. Of course, links to her, everything you've heard on today's show at AnimalRadio.com. Merritt Clifton joining us. Thank you so much. Okay. We'll speak to you again soon. If you want to learn more about the hazards of decline, you can head on over to AnimalRadio.com. We have lots of information about it. If, you, if you're thinking about it, please don't do it. This is not the way to curb any inappropriate uh, ripping up of the couch or anything like that. Okay, there's, uh, there's other solutions those at AnimalRadio.com. On the way, your calls. We're looking for your thankful stories. Why you're thankful for your pet and what you're doing to spoil them for Thanksgiving. Right here on Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is John O'Hurley. You're listening to Animal Radio. And remember, most importantly, please spay or neuter. PetGadgets.com. If you're looking for innovative and high-tech pet products, PetGadgets.com. Unique and high-tech products that you won't find at your local pet store. PetGadgets.com. Find the latest products that will make life easier for you and your pet. PetGadgets.com. Everything from massage beds to a remote-controlled tennis ball launcher. PetGadgets.com. Be top dog in your neighborhood. Shop at PetGadgets.com. Every year, there are millions of pets in animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Mike Farrell with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. Together, we can ensure a better future for our pets. For adoptable pet listings in your community, go to Pets911.com. Pets 911, proud to be partnered with Animal Radio. If there was only one vitamin supplement you could take, what do you think it should be? Green tea. Green tea is widely known as one of the most powerful antioxidants in the world. Green tea has been used in China as a medicine for over 4,000 years. And taking green tea has been researched and is well documented to help lower cholesterol, reduce the risk of cancer, help with weight loss, and even slow down arthritis. Of course, results may vary and you should always consult your healthcare professional before taking any supplement. But you should add this powerful antioxidant, green tea, to your daily diet. And if you call Call now to order and buy two months. We'll give you the third month for free. Your order comes with a money-back guarantee. So call now. 800-819-8315. 800-819-8315. Call right now. Buy two months of green tea and get one free. 800-819-8315 or visit airtimestore.com. Honey, look, I taught Rocky a new trick. He's 12. You know what they say about old dogs. Hey, Rock, what'd she teach you to do, sleep? (laughs) Funny, no. I taught him to email me when it's time for his vet appointment and vaccinations, notify a call center if he's lost, and give the kennel his feeding and med schedule. Did you give him a a brain implant? No, I bought him a Kuga tag for his collar. Kuga tag? This little USB Kuga tag. Yeah, plugs into any computer. His vital information's right there for the vet or kennel to read. So our address and phone number aren't hanging off Rocky's neck. Wow, neat trick. Yeah, honey, neat. 
Cougar Tag, the world's smallest USB pet tag for dogs, cats, even birds. 24-7 Lost Pet Center, vital health and vet information, appointment and vaccination reminder emails, and more. All in a universal, non-invasive, waterproof tag. Let your pet teach you a new trick. Visit CougarTag.com today. That's CougarTag, K-O-O-G-A Tag.com. CougarTag.com. This is Animal Radio Network. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. All our lines are ringing a lot of thankful pet guardians. Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Debbie in California. Hi, Debbie. Where in California? You know, that's a big state, you know. Bakersfield. Bakersfield. Lovely Baker. That's like the oil capital of um, California. Cowboys. Cowboys. Cowboys <laughs> and oil there. Yeah. <laughs> well, Debbie, what can we do for you today? Um, just wanted to kind of talk about why I'm thankful for my cat. Yes. Well, tell yeah, us. Okay, well, because he's better than a man, even though he is a man. He's a little boy. <laughs> and because he doesn't judge or criticize, and he's always there, and he can pick out my men for me. Now, do you, do you notice that he does a good job picking out men? Because I hear people, some people will say they sick their cat on their boyfriend to, <laughs> to test out to see if he's any kind of guy. Uh, some say it works. And then, of course, we had, who was it, Rue McClanahan. Rue McClanahan uh, picked, her cat picked her sixth husband for her. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Her sixth husband, yes. though. You know, it's, uh, she's yeah, been six know. husbands. Well, they see, do know. If she would have done it the first time, she'd probably still be married. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. She finally learned how to do it. Now, do you find that your cat's fairly right on in Picking guys? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> he doesn't like anybody. <laughs> well, <laughs> so there pretty much. There, yeah, there no, you he, go. He, he's liked a few, but, um, you know, a lot of them, the hair stands up on the back of his neck, and he's like, uh-uh. <laughs> no nope. way. <laughs> so so you, I'm, I'm thankful I have a kitty that kind of watches out for me. Good, very good. Hold on for one second there. one 405 Hi, Joanne Worley on Animal Radio. Hello! And please spay and neuter your pets. Be a responsible pet owner. As a matter of fact, spay and neuter your friend's pets also. Give it to them as a Christmas present. What a good idea. The Animal Minute is brought to you by Urinoff, the number one vet-recommended urine odor and stain remover. To purchase, visit www.urinoff.com. Urinoff, finally, something that works. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. The Danish Air Force paid about $5,000 to Santa Claus after his reindeer died of a heart attack when two fighter jets roared over his farm. Olavi Nikonov, not the real Santa Claus, of course, said his reindeer Rudolph, not the real Rudolph, just a helper, died after the screaming F-16 jets flew at low altitude. Nikonov wrote to the Air Force who compensated him for the loss of the reindeer and some vet expenses. Unlike the real Santa, Nikonov had only two reindeer and now has only one, so he'll use the money to replace Rudolph. No word if his reindeer can fly or if the Air Force is preparing for any coal deliveries in December. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. 
lots of reasons to need a urine odor and stain remover. Your dog's afraid of thunderstorms. Cat hates being alone. You've moved into a new house. But there's only one reason to buy Urinoff, because it actually works. Urinoff's high-performance formula gets to the source of the problem and removes it permanently, even cat urine. Many odor removers claim to work, but thousands of loyal Urinoff customers, even vets, swear by it. If urine odor is a problem in your home, reach for Urinoff, the odor remover that actually works. Available exclusively at www.urinoff.com or your local vet. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. What are you doing over there? I'm relaxing. Oh, okay. Um, this is this is the new Hal you're looking <laughs> at, Judy. This, I know you, you said that I've been wound up. We get listener email. People say, someone... Please double his dose of Prozac. Whatever. Because, Ready to snap like a rubber band. Yeah, but this is this is this is the new me now. Okay. And uh, of I course, like it. Yeah, you do you? Yes, I do. Would you like to see something? Watch me bend. Uh, 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 oh. I didn't think a human could do that. Yeah, you know what? I, I'll tell you where I learned that. Uh huh. From my cat. <laughs> my cat, who is uh, now into. My cat's turning over a new leaf, too. Yeah, so oh, very also, good. Uh, becoming a mellow cat. Cat yoga is what my cat's into. Uh-huh. And he's taught me a few of these tricks, and I'm a calmer person, a better person for it. Uh, but where, of course, where did he learn them from? From the pictures in the book Cat Yoga. <laughs> That's, it, it, duh. Oh, I mean, it's of course. Like, I mean, of course. Uh, you know, you would think it would be something online, but there's, uh-huh. there's this thing called a book. A lot of the kids from this generation don't know anything about print or books. Uh-huh. Uh, but this one, Cat Yoga, Fitness and Flexibility for the Modern Feline, Rick Tillotson. Rick, how are you doing? Hi, how are you doing? Did I mess up your name there? No, no, you got it right. The book Cat Yoga has uh, been one of those books that has changed me <laughs> as much as Men Are From Mars uh, did for uh, a lot of ladies in the, in the last couple of decades. Wow, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> what, what was the inspiration for it? Uh, well, the inspiration, I uh, I was watching my cat one day. Um, he got up from the couch. Uh, he was taking a nap. And he got up from the couch, and uh, he was stretching, you know, how cats do uh-huh. uh, sometimes. Uh, and he stretched his back leg behind him, and, you know, it reminded me of yoga. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it didn't really hit me right off, but it kind of it percolated in my brain, you know, for, for a couple of days. And I thought, you know, that, that would make a good, good calendar or a book. Uh-huh. Sure. And... Uh, so that's what I did. I kind of I kind of put it together in my head, and um, you know I contacted my buddy who's a photographer and and works in Photoshop. And I oh sorry, that's my computer there. Sounds, sounds like you got mail. <laughs> <laughs> instant mess. He's getting instant message oh, right now. Oh, that's my notification for my animal radio radio interview. We're early today. It's it's a slow news day here at Animal Radio. Yeah. <laughs> so you you obviously practice yoga because with each of these sixty pictures inside this book which, of cats, they are hilarious. Cats doing yoga positions. There's uh, descriptions alongside of what the positions are. Yeah, well, I either practice yoga or I study a lot about yoga, and it turns out it's the latter. <laughs> These are very limber cats. Uh, yeah, or or there's a lot to do with Photoshop. <laughs> really? 
really? I wouldn't yeah. give away that. Yeah, really. <laughs> because you could never tell. No, some of these, <laughs> some of these, uh, some of these cats are in positions that look like pretzels, but they they all nonetheless are yoga positions. Now, do they actually represent the yoga positions as the human would do them? Yes, exactly. Oh wow! So you're yeah, not just I, randomly bending cats. No, no, no. I, I tried to stay very faithful to the actual yoga position, <laughs> and the, and the names are the actual yoga discipline names. So I, I tried to stay very faithful to that. So have you tried all these positions, or have you tried them with your cat? Uh, no, no, absolutely. Um, you don't look honest. like the yoga type of guy. <laughs> I'm looking at the picture on the back of the book, and you just don't look like the yoga guy. No, I have tried yoga uh, a couple of times in my life, and you know, I t- especially when I when I had the idea for this book, I thought, you know, it, it's probably important that I that I at least try to become a yoga person. Well, since this is radio, I want to post one of these uh, one of these a picture at the website. Which uh, position would you say we should uh, post up there? Oh gosh, I like this Anan Anan Tejnanana Snaz. Okay, yeah, I think I think. <laughs> I think that is the perfect one. This is the sideline leg raise and a uh, beautiful Burmese cat doing that. Uh, the book, yep. which you can get anywhere. Also, uh, you can get uh, postcards and uh, note no cards that go with yes. very, a whole Great cat stuff. yoga thing going on here. Uh, you should check it out. Cat Yoga, Rick Tillotson. I'm going to give away four copies right now of the book, one 405 8405 Otherwise, head on over to your favorite bookstore to Amazon.com. I have autographed copies. Do you have an autographed copy? Yes, Let's do. go ahead and give away an autographed copy of this book. Great idea. Truly changed my life, and I'm going to thank you very much, Rick Tillotson, for doing that. Oh, yeah. Thank you guys so much. one 405 8405 if you want to pick up on some Cat Yoga. It really has changed my life. <laughs> You're so relaxed now. And that's all we have time for this hour, of course. There's plenty more Animal Radio streaming online 24-7, 365, forever. Eh, okay, at least for a couple of months. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, if you get a pet, please spay or neuter. And if it happens to be a cat, don't declaw. And always adopt from your local shelter. I'm Judy Francis. I'm Hal Abrams. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here on this fine station. Have a great week. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And welcome back. Many of us traveling with our pets... During the holiday season, I know, Judy, you have a pet that actually gets motion sickness, and you don't travel with that cat, do you? No, I don't let them travel anymore. They vomit within five minutes of getting in a vehicle. There may be help from ABC Good Morning America. Dr. Marty Becker joins us, and he has a solution. He says there's a medicine available now. Uh, That's on the way. Also, we're asking you for your Thanksgiving stories. Why are you so darn thankful for that cat or that dog? Tell us. 1-866-405-8405 1-866-405-8405 or just tell us what you're doing to spoil your animals, okay? Or just call to say hello. Or if you have a question. <laughs> Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Irene. Hi, How Irene. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. So Hi. good to talk to you. You too. Where Where are you calling from? Cerritos, California. You must listen on either Coast or K-Big. I'm on Coast. Very good. Well, we thank you for listening to Animal Radio. What can we do for you? 
Well, I would. I, I heard the, the broadcast, of the woman that wrote the book, what was it, Cat Confidential? Did oh, I get... the, the one with the English accent. The, the lady with the English accent? Vicki yeah. Hall. Yes. You like that? Would you like a copy of the book? I would love it. I'd love to talk to that lady. I'm <laughs> having a, a, a behavior problem with one of mine, and, um, you know, I... I need to talk to somebody about it, I what, guess. What kind of behavior problem are you having? Well, my oldest male, uh-huh. Siamese, has suddenly, in the last few months, decided he hates, he hates the other four cats. All yeah. of them? I've just, All of a sudden? Well, kind. I've just noticed it in the last few months, and I, I just realized I had a great big chow-chow dog. That my Siamese loved <laughs> would rub against him and talk to him and lay down next to him. Mm-hmm. Well, Teddy Bear had to be put down last oh. February, oh, no. and it's just come to me that maybe this is what the problem is with Bob the cat that that he misses his dog. That's absolutely very, very possible. Uh, I know that animals get a great attachment to each other and mourn each other's death, and sometimes they're confused if they don't know exactly what happened. Yeah. I know people that suggest that when animals are being put down that they actually show the other animals uh, that the animal is, is no longer alive, although I've never done that, and I'm not sure I would do that personally. No, I don't it, think it was hard enough yes. that... I was with Teddy Bear when yeah. he was put down. Yeah. yeah, and that's the way I feel, too. But they can be very upset by by uh, an animal leaving. That's right. Now, Bob also had a brother named Harry, Bob and Harry. Harry had long hair, Bob had short hair. Mm. And Harry had a, a terrible accident, uh, argument with a car, and lost. Mm. So Bob missed Harry terribly for about a week, and I adopted Elmer, and Elmer became Bob's best friend. Well, then, now, Bob hates Elmer, too. He's he's chased him, he's attacked him, and and I'm wondering, well, what happened? They used to be good friends. And finally it said, you know, it seems like this has started since Teddy Bear left in February. Well, you know, and there's, there's no way I can part with any of my cats. I, well, you don't, I don't think you have to do that. And, and dynamics do change dramatically. What were you going to say, Judy? Well, I was going to say, sometimes cats can get along. If you have an older cat and you bring a young one in, they'll get along. And, but things can change overnight when you when you don't know when you least expect it when the younger cat matures. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when a when a cat reaches a certain age, other cats will start having a problem with uh-huh. it. Um, they should all be neutered and spayed. They probably are, right? Yeah. Okay. Everybody's neutered oh, and spayed. Yeah. Um, you don't want to um, you don't want to punish them. No. You know and. You know, the longer you let the fights go on, the, the harder it's going to be to stop them. What you oh, need no, to do I is... stop them immediately. When I hear one of, usually the, the victims start hissing and <laughs> running, and uh, what I do is raise my voice, and Bob knows that's a no-no, and he stops uh-huh. right now. Yeah, make sure you don't say his name when you raise your, raise, and I'm guilty of this, yes. raise, uh, raise your voice to, him just to show him that something's wrong. <laughs> you don't want to associate his name with you being with, angry. Yeah. You know, what I do... 
What I do is try and growl like yeah. a human. I hear a lot of uh, behaviorists say that. We're going to we're gonna set you up with this book. Thanks for listening to Animal Radio. Thank you so much for your help. No problem. 1-866-405-8405. Hold on one second. Okay. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. And we welcome back our old friend, Dr. Marty Becker. Now, I don't mean old when I say old. I mean our old friend. You understand that, Marty, right? I like that. From ABC Good Morning America. You're, you were just talking a few minutes ago about uh, an episode coming up that you're going to be on. Yeah, we're going to do a segment. I'm in my 11th year as the resident veterinarian on Good Morning America, and we're going to do a segment outlining the top veterinary products of 2007. Ooh, I can't wait for that. When's that going to air? Do you know? Uh, probably in early December. Okay, we'll keep you posted right here on Animal Radio. Back for another Becker Brief, a brand new drug approved by the FDA. Yes, they approve drugs for uh, animals, too, I understand. It's a canine motion sickness drug. Uh, am I right? Well, let's, I, I want to tell you the world's dogs aren't known for dietary discretion. You know, the <laughs> inside of a garbage can, a dirty diaper, the... You know, the cat litter box for a little kitty Roca, those are all fair game for a dog. I, I have a dog, a Labrador Retriever named Sirloin, that probably takes the record. Uh, when he went out in almost Heaven Ranch in North Idaho here into the woods and brought back a rotting skunk carcass teeming with maggots, that's got to be at least in the top three ever. But, you know, dogs get vomiting and dogs get motion sickness. There's about 7 million dogs a year get motion sickness. Really? I didn't know that. So yeah. they, they could be traveling in a car? Yeah, in a car. And, you know, we're taking them more with us. You know, as we're integrating them within the fabric of our lives, we travel with them more. Or, or people are shipping them or just taking them on vacation with them or taking them around town like we do. And and also, you know, vomiting is, uh, you know, we see as a typical veterinarian 16 to 30 cases a month of acute vomiting. Mm. There's a new drug. You know, in the past, it's always been difficult to treat vomiting in a dog and treat motion sickness. And let's look at motion sickness first. What we would do is use some kind of sedative. And I don't know if you remember the bad old days when we used uh, something called acepromazine, which was a tranquilizer. Well, it not only made him woozy, it had a sedative effect, but it also precipitously dropped the blood pressure. So we were actually putting these dogs at risk, mm. not to mention, you know, sedation, loss of blood pressure when they were in, you know, being you know, shipped by air. Well, now we have something that has, you know, it's an FDA-approved product for uh, motion sickness and vomiting. It was developed specifically for dogs. And it, the good thing about this, it's once-a-day dosing, and it's very predictable. So you about, you know, two hours before you want to go, you give the, it comes in a, a pill in an injectable form. So you would give the pill with a tiny amount of food. This is going to last the entire day. The dog's going to travel. It's not going to be sedated. It's not going to have motion sickness. This would include going to the veterinarian as well. Well, no, wait a second here. I understand that you could predict ahead of time when you're going to travel with your dog, but how do you know when your dog's going to vomit ahead of time? Well, you would use you would use it to prevent motion sickness or vomiting. But let's let's say you had a dog that was vomiting, and you come into the veterinary hospital. In the past, you know, we'd always run into problems. Certain things we couldn't initiate treatment. We had to use you know human drugs that were used for chemotherapy. So use products that were off label or use other things that might interfere with the laboratory testing. And the serenia comes in an injectable form, and I call it in, in, in my practice like an invisible cork. Mm. You give this stuff, and that <laughs> dog is going to stop vomiting. Then you can go ahead and initiate the treatment. So you, you stop the vomiting, you stop the loss of fluid. You can go ahead and run your diagnostic test without interference and start your other treatments. So 
it's, it's one of those things, it's such a hit that it's, it's out of stock. I mean, veterinarians have found this to work so effectively that they've, they've made a run on it, and their, you know, Pfizer Animal Health is, is rapidly trying to get, the, get it back into, in stock. But, again, it's non-sedating. It's a rapid onset of action. It works within an hour of subcutaneous administration in the hospital. It comes in a tablet form, so, if, you know, in the past, it's so hard to give them different kinds of medication for vomiting. It's just these little blister packs with four tablets, and you send it home with the client, and it just works. It's not available for cats? It's not. Some people are using it off-label for cats, but it's, it's only FDA-approved for dogs. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're seeing, I was talking, to, I wrote an article about this in the nationally syndicated column, and these people at these emergency clinics just it's just miraculous how quickly it works and rather than having to kind of you know when you have a dog that's vomiting the first thing to do is to stop feeding them and that's Mm -hmm. one thing i see as a as a veterinarian is people always want to encourage them to eat somehow because it makes us feel better if they start eating again and you know a lot of times they just eat something they don't feel right and when you really need to be concerned about vomiting is if if you've noticed them getting into something that was poisonous or a mushroom or something like that, if you notice any blood in the vomiting or if it persists, like they're constantly vomiting and nothing is, is coming out over a period of, you know, a half hour, then you need to treat it like an emergency and head to the veterinary hospital. I used to have three dogs, and I would always leave one at home because she vomited in the car every time. Within I, with 15, 20 minutes of being in the car, she would never make it to her destination. I end up just leaving her at home. That's too bad because you want to take your animals yeah. anywhere you can yeah. these days. And plus, it doesn't sedate. And see, before when you you always had the sedation thing, you never knew when to redose it. You know, are they starting to come off? Should I give them another half a pill? Well, this is just mm-hmm. once a day dosing. It you know it works uh, very quickly. Dr. Marty Becker, a Becker Brief. If your dog suffers from motion sickness, there's a solution. Ask your veterinarian about the medicine that can help him. Don't forget to visit PetConnection.com. We have more Animal Radio on the way. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Richard Karn from Home Improvement, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Now remember to spray and neuter your dogs. <laughs> it's a good idea to spray and neuter your animals. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew, gross. Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard K90 Wormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year. And that's it? Yep. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections. Did you see the paper? They mentioned cloning animals for food. Seriously? I thought cloning was still pretty experimental. It is. Most of the animals die or are born with some sort of health defect. So why is the FDA going to approve it? I don't know. It's upsetting that the FDA seems to be ignoring scientific evidence that animals in cloning suffer. And the FDA says that it won't even label cloned foods. That's outrageous. Yeah, and we could be eating meat or drinking milk from cloned animals and not even know it. 
there anything we can do to stop this? You can. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society at www.endanimalcloning.org to learn more about the problems with animal cloning and to help keep cloned food off grocery store shelves. Cloning animals for food is not just about food safety. Animal suffering and other ethical issues have been ignored for too long and must be considered. To learn more, visit www.endanimalcloning.org. Just because we can clone animals for food doesn't mean we should. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stands strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People is published ten times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year and is 100% tax deductible. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. This is Anne-Marie Lucas from Animal Precinct and the ASPCA. And when I'm not out busting bad guys for abusing animals, I am home listening to Animal Radio. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Any of you celebrating your animals, blessing your animals around this time of year, all the way uh through Thanksgiving, but uh, here at Animal Radio, we do it uh, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, and we hope you do too. And there's a brand new book out to help you do that, especially with your canine. Let's have a dog party, and no stranger to Animal Radio, the author, Ingrid Newkirk. Hi, Ingrid. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you, and I'm so delighted that people are having a blast with Let's Have a Dog Party. It's a great little pocketbook, and, you know, it's it's not like you have to have a lot of money to do any of these things. In fact, one of the things you suggest, it's uh, things your dog's like. I'm turning to page uh-huh. 20, 28 here. Showers, other animal <laughs> species, a dog or cat companion, new foods, musical toys, puzzles, and this one I learned today, and this is the best because it is free. Winking. <laughs> it's true. You can actually teach most dogs to wink. You know, they're very attentive. The sun rises and sets on you in your dog's eyes. And so they're watching you all the time. And if you stare at them and you deliberately, slowly wink and say wink at the same time, they'll try to figure it out if you keep doing it and they'll do it back to you. You mustn't give them performance anxiety. But, um, yes, they, they can do that. 
What about uh, some of the theme parties? And I'm seeing this more and more this year. We've in the last month, in fact, we've heard of bark mitzvahs. And uh, <laughs> yes, uh, what was the cat one? I forget what the cat. I one. don't know. I've got the bark mitzvah in there. Me- meow mixer. The meow mixers. Mixer. <laughs> These theme parties are more and more uh, prevalent this day. Well, of course, I talk about the fact that it should be just as you said at the beginning. It should be a party for your dog every day when you come home from wherever you've been. That faithful friend has been waiting for you. You know, people come and go, but that dog, to you, to him, you're the Beatles. He's waiting for you to come home. So you should bring a gift. It can be a stick. It can be a leaf. It can be everything. Everything is in the presentation. Just they need to know you remember them, you love them. You're not a blur. You're not going to change your clothes and zip back out the door immediately again. You're going to give them time. There should be party time every evening. But um, howlathons, terribly popular. Of course, Halloween, it doesn't have to be Halloween. Everyone, adults, dogs, kick back your head and howl. You can get these little tapes of fire engine sounds and police sirens. Everyone has a blast. You can give a prize for the Hound of the Baskervilles. You can have, uh, we just had Dogtoberfest. That just came and went. (laughs) And as you said, every dog is a chow hound. So in the book, I learned so much about food. Because everyone says, oh, my dog's so spoiled. He has it so good. No, he doesn't. He can't open the refrigerator. He can't take the car to the park. And he's dependent on you for even going outside when he needs to. So with food, learn how to bake a yam in the evening for your dog. And you may find that's the biggest treat. Or steam some broccoli and carrots. They love those and they're good for them. And, of course, oatmeal and peanut butter cookies are just heaven for dogs. And even frozen peas, they can play with them and then eat them. You know, you bring up something that seems kind of obvious to me, but for many people, they have their animals parked out front on a chain, and they really don't interact. These animals aren't as stimulated as the ones that we're talking about here in the book. Uh, The the lucky grow up as better animals if they're stimulated. Is that correct? Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, a dog is not a bicycle. Chain your bicycle. Don't chain your dog. A dog is a pack animal, highly social, wants to be with the family, whether it's a dog family, a human family. They are not isolated individuals, and there probably isn't anything cruel than parking the dog on the end of a chain for life. I mean, that chain holds him prisoner, staked in the ground, and he just watches the world go by. It's just abominable. But yes, socialization for animals, for children, especially early in life, of course, started then, is they should be learning, they should be loved, they should have mental stimulation, physical exercise, respect, and they should um, become intelligent individuals as part of your home. You know, people have this idea that you, uh, a dog will guard your house if they're out on a chain. And, of course, you get used to the dog barking. Dog barks if a raccoon goes by or a leaf comes <laughs> off a tree. So the best place for a dog to guard your home is when he values the family as his pack. They're his own, and he's in the house living with you. So, yes, I dedicated Let's Have a Dog Party, actually, to a chained dog called Sir. Hmm. And I do say to people, if you're having a dog party, one of the things you can do is ask guests to bring an extra toy for the local animal shelter 
or pass the hat at the dog party for dogs who will never have a pat on the head, let, a, let alone a party. We're with Ingrid Newkirk. Those of you within the industry may know her from PETA. Let's Have a Dog Party is the book. 20 tail wagging celebrations to share with your best friend. You were talking about the kids just a second ago. One thing you mentioned in the book, how to interact the children with the animals and, and these events. Yes, very important, of course, if you, and, and the guest list for any dog party, if it's a real, you know, extravaganza, is going to be vital that they're people and animals your dog gets along with, because after all, the party is for your dog, not for any other purpose. Mm-hmm. But you invite children who are either good with dogs, or you make sure that before they meet a new dog, you explain to them that a dog can be scared if they run up to them, or if they have their hands all over them, or if they pull their tail off their coat without thinking about it. So you have to make sure there's no screaming or yelling um, and that uh, the kids can approach a new dog uh, gently, no sudden movements, and just um, get to know the dog gradually, be introduced properly. But, you know, kids are like dogs. They love running around. They love rolling over in the dirt. They get their food all over themselves if you don't watch out. Mm -hmm. And they love dancing about and being giddy and silly. And dogs, uh, when they're playful and they're loved are the same. Kids and dogs relate so beautifully usually. I dance around too so it's not just... <laughs> now I uh, before this book ever came out I always wondered what William Shatner's uh, secret was for his layered Mexican frijoli dip. <laughs> By God here I am going through this book on page 170 I have that. You see that was the only reason that I wrote it for you was to put that dip <laughs> recipe in there. I do a lot on food because everybody loves food, and you have to have the right foods. People all know that um, dogs are allergic to chocolate, but very few people seem to know they're also allergic to grapes. They could, that can cause them kidney problems, to nutmeg, to avocado. So there are foods to stay away from. But William Shatner was very nice, and he gave a recipe for the book. Alicia Silverstone gave one, too. And so did Jackie Chan, who is a great <laughs> dog person and has always protected animals. So I've got lots of recipes in the book. Now, I noticed there's onions in the uh, the Proholy dip. I thought that was a no-no. I thought that was, yeah. It is in excess. You can uh-huh. have a little bit of onion. You can have a little bit of garlic, uh-huh. but you can't make something that's heavy on them. Mm. You know, chocolate, you really shouldn't have any at all. Right. Um, and it depends on the size of the animal, but you can put a little bit of onion in. But I tried to, um, a carrot cake, of course, most people love carrot cake, dogs love carrots. Uh, there are so many things that you can share, um, but yes, you should stay away from those foods if you can. The book is awesome. I could go on for hours. I wish I had more time, but Guido was waving me down saying to, we don't have any more time. The book is called Let's Have a Dog Party, 20 Tail Wagon Celebrations to Share with Your Best Friend by Ingrid Newkirk uh, from PETA. I have 10 copies to give away, one 405 8405 If you can't get through today, you can get this anywhere. You can go to Amazon.com. You could get it at your bookstore. If your bookstore doesn't have it, then you need to find another bookstore, okay? Ingrid Newkirk, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. My pleasure. Or go to petermall.com. Peter Mall. You're selling it on the website there, and we'll link to that. Of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show at animalradio.com. Thank you, guys. Hello, this is Don DeLuise, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Love your pets. They'll always love you back. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. 
We still have about a half dozen or so cat and dog gift packs, animal radio gift packs, stuff compiled from our closet, our prize closet. We put it together. They're not packages. I'm going to take one of these home if we don't give them all the way. The deal is we just want to hear your thankful stories of why you're thankful for your pets. The lines actually are ringing off the hook, so I expect to give these out probably within the next few minutes. one 405 8405. Let's do one now. Hi, who's this? This is Joan from New Jersey. Hi, Joan. How are you doing? I'm doing great. You got a thankful story this Thanksgiving here? Well, yes, I do. I was going through a really tough time in my life, and I was working two jobs, and I lived in a 300-square-foot studio apartment. Ooh, that's <laughs> small. That's all like a closet. Yeah, it really was more like a closet. I used to call it the box. The box? <laughs> yeah. But I had two cats. One of his name was Benny, and the other one's name was June, Aww. which were named after the movie Benny and June, yeah. my favorite actor, Johnny Depp. Oh, yeah. But they were just the most wonderful companions to come home to after a, such a long day, and to, to they pre-warmed my bed for me. Oh, they <laughs> saved you. <laughs> they, they really spoiled me, and they were just such wonderful companions, and they just, I just... I don't know. You just don't understand how much cat really loves you. And everybody thinks they're independent. But, boy, when you come home, they sure show you. And I yeah. love them for all of it. Isn't that wonderful? And they listen yes, to you. Is. You can tell them anything that's going on in your life. And they sit there and they look at you like they're really listening. They really do. They listen better than any guy I've ever known. <laughs> well, now, do Benny and June, are they still around? No, unfortunately, they're in heaven. But they're waiting for me. Waiting for you. Okay. Do you have any cats right now? No, I don't have any cats right now, but I am currently looking very hard for one. As a matter of fact, there was one in my backyard this morning. I almost took him in. <laughs> oh, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> okay, hold on one second, okay? okay? all right. 1-866-405-8405 with your thankful stories. Well, Thanksgiving's just around the corner, and of course, what I like to do around Thanksgiving is watch the dog show. Um, oh, yes. It's a tradition around here. You know, some people watch football. Uh, for us, John O'Hurley strictly and John David O'Hurley, Fry. David Fry and all the cute little doggies. And it's a, it's amazing how many of these dogs' adoption rates go up after Thanksgiving because we're not the only ones. Other people are watching this and they say, oh, we'd love to have a, one of these dogs. And they pick a dog strictly by what they saw on TV. By its looks. And this is the worst way to pick a dog ever. You need to find a dog that's going to fit into your household. Your and, lifestyle. Yeah, well, you got your lifestyle. Are you one of those couch potatoes? Are you one of those <laughs> that likes to get out on the walk and bike? What kind of size? I mean, there's all kinds of reasons to pick one or another. And uh, we brought our friend Liz Palaika back on. So tell us, how do we pick our dogs? Well, I think the first thing people need to do is take a realistic look at themselves and their lifestyle first before they even go out doing any dog research. And one of the things that people are prone to do, and, and my husband and I have done it on occasion, not with dogs but with other things, is we think, well, I'm this way now, but I could change. <laughs> yes. And uh -huh. if I get something or do I get that treadmill, I can change. <laughs> I'll use that treadmill. <laughs> and And... Sometimes that's not very realistic. So uh -oh. I think people need to take a look at what their lifestyle is now because that's probably, they settled into that routine because it works for them. Sure. And, and so before you add a dog, you need to know how much 
time will you have for that dog? Uh, how much exercise do you do on a daily basis normally? Not what you'd like to do, but what mm-hmm. do you do normally? Uh, do you mind dog hair in the house? Mm-hmm. Do you have a good vacuum cleaner? <laughs> uh, do you like grooming the dog? Do you like a short coat? Do you like a long coat? Um, are you uh, willing to train the dog? And all of these things that are important for living with a dog. And and be realistic. Not hopeful, not not planning to make changes, but realistic. You know, you see these movies that come out, you know, 101 Dalmatians, and it's kind of like the, the dog of the year. Everybody sees it, and everybody wants that type of oh, dog. Oh, yeah, the one with the uh, Alaskan Malmutes down at the South Pole in, in Antarctica and and the superhero Beagle and uh-huh. all, all the movies with specific dogs really do tend to make a, an instant celebrity of those breeds. And oftentimes they end up in shelters surrendered because they just don't fit the puzzle piece of the family. Definitely. And uh, which, which is a good point. When they do end up in the shelters, that means that they are rescuable, which means that most breeds you can find a rescue for. Oh, sure. And, and not just in the, the uh, shelters, but the purebred rescue groups. A lot of them take dogs uh, directly from owners that are being surrendered, or they take them from the shelters themselves. And they, the purebred rescue groups know these dogs inside and out and can help people decide whether that's the right breed for them. Let's take a look at both extremes. Uh, let's say we're an active person. What kind of dogs should we be looking for? Well, I'll I'll take my breed of choice. Uh, My husband and I have three Australian Shepherds, and we've had them for about 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, These are very active dogs. I don't run. I've got an old knee injury, but I do bike. And I throw Frisbee, and I throw tennis ball. And so my three, even my 13-and-a-half-year-old Aussie, uh, uh, go for a bike ride every day, the 13-year-old. Your old goes for a shorter one, but the mm-hmm. two younger boys go for a longer one. Um, we throw frisbee, we throw tennis ball, uh, and I do training every day, even if it's trick training or or something like that, because these are very bright, very intelligent dogs. That if you don't keep their mind and body busy, they're going to get into trouble. But training is so much fun that it's it's almost like play. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at our dog training center, we do uh, therapy dog training and service dog training. So I'm always trying new things on my guys. And so uh, one of the recent things that, that I had done with them was teach them to open and close drawers and, uh, and cupboards. And luckily, they're good dogs, so they're not going to go in there and raid the cupboard on their own. <laughs> but it took me about five minutes to teach them how to open a, a, a cupboard and a drawer. So training is more fun than it is work with them. Okay. But they're they're an awesome uh, breed for people who are very active and who like to do things. Well, I'm one of those people that aspire to go out and exercise, but to face the truth, I'm not. I am a couch potato. What kind of dog is best for me? There's lots of them out there that are like that, but I'll tell you one of the ones that that most people don't figure out are greyhounds. Really? Greyhounds are especially retired 
racing greyhounds uh-huh. are the biggest couch potato on the face <laughs> of the planet. You wouldn't think that. You would think no. that after all that running that they would just need a great big area just to they run. They are... They like their comfort more than most cats do. Mm. Oh, how funny. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of them in my neighborhood. And when my guys and I go biking, we'll pass by many of them that are on walks. And they kind of, oh, but dum ba dum ba life's good. <laughs> it's moving slow. <laughs> ah, you see, if I was a dog, I, I guess I would probably be a greyhound then. Yeah, you'd be a couch potato. <laughs> So what happens with these people when they, you know, people like me who go out and get an active dog? What happens to the dog when it doesn't get all the exercise it truly needs? That's when you tend to see a lot of behavior problems, unfortunately. Uh And I see them in my dog training classes all the time. Um, And that was one of the goals for this book that I, I just finished writing is when a dog and an owner are mismatched, um... Sometimes compromises can be reached. Sometimes dogs figure out what they need to do to exist, to be happy in that home, and the dogs can sometimes change themselves. Uh, People sometimes can make the changes to suit the breed. But unfortunately, if it's a severe mismatch, then the dog can become a problem barker. He can start chewing up the backyard out of frustration. He can dig tremendous holes trying to head to China because he's got too much energy. Mm -hmm. Um, He can jump on people and hurt them. Unfortunately, when there's a severe mismatch, then inevitably behavior problems result. And when that happens, unless the people are dedicated to making a change themselves, then the dog usually ends up in the shelter. We've talked about a handful of dogs and breeds here. There are over 300 breeds and varieties listed in the Howl Book of Dogs, which you have just finished. It is an awesome, awesome encyclopedia. Must have for any library, any, any library, any animal lover must have this in your library with the DVD that accompanies it. Every breed that I could possibly imagine and many more <laughs> that I never even knew existed until today. But the, the most important thing about this book is not only do you see what the dog looks like, you learn about their coat, how they are to uh, groom, how they are training, the exercise that they need every day, how long their lifespan is, which could be very key in your selection, depending if there are kids in the household. How old are the kids? You've really documented just about everything here, Liz. This was more than a year's worth of work doing the research. I talked to not just breeders, but I talked to veterinarians. I talked to dog trainers all over the the world, not just the U.S. I talked to groomers, um, all the people who deal with with dogs, because breeders and people who have a specific dog have it because they love it. And that's wonderful, but sometimes their view isn't realistic. It's, it's a little rosier than things really are. And so I talked to people all over about all these various breeds so I could get some realistic information, not just the rosy picture that we would all like to see, but realistic information. And it was an eye-opener. It really was. You know, I made a mistake there. I said it's a must-have for any animal lover's uh, library, because it is, but... I think that if you're going to become an animal lover, if if you're going out to get a dog, if you've never had a dog in your life, this is something you should, this is the first book you should pick up so that you can see what kind of dog you should be looking for, right? 
That's that was my goal. Yes. Ten copies. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. We can get this anywhere. Any any good bookstore is on the Howell book uh, label. I think many of the the pet stores chains are starting to carry it now. Also. Good, and of course you can read more about it. We'll have links to it uh, from AnimalRadio.com and links to everything you've heard on today's show. Liz, thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you for having me. How's your kitty's ticker? Find out next right here on Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Do you know what you're serving for dinner tonight? If the FDA has its way, the milk and meat you see at the grocery store could come from cloned animals. And you won't even know because it won't be labeled. Cloning animals for food involves more than just food safety. Animal suffering and other ethical issues must also be considered. The cloning process uses hundreds of animals to produce just one clone, causing death or severe health problems for most of the animals involved. Just because we can clone animals for food doesn't mean we should. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society to learn more about the problems with animal cloning at www.endanimalcloning.org. That's www.endanimalcloning.org. And have a voice in what you are serving for dinner tonight. Animal Radio is brought to you by Get Serious, a stain and pheromone remover so easy to use, even men can do it. Hey, hey wait a minute. <laughs> Don't take any more excuses, women. It's time to get serious. Get Serious is available at PetSmart and online at GetSeriousProducts.com. Fido Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, think of your dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to Fido Friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. Animal Radio is brought to you by the American Anti-Vivisection Society. Stop the FDA from allowing milk and meat from cloned animals to be sold in grocery stores. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society for information at www.endanimalcloning.org. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. We're finding out more and more that our animals, our dogs, our cats are susceptible to the very same diseases that humans are, that we are. Mm -hmm. And one of those in felines is heart disease, believe that or not. I'm not sure how prevalent it is. I I decided I figured I'd get the expert on for that. Of course, the technologies have uh, advanced within the last few years as we find a lot of specialists doing special things with your animals. Uh, we have Dr. Stephen Ness joining us from the Veterinary Diagnostics Institute. Where is that, doctor? We are located in Southern California in Irvine. It is uh, just north of San Diego. Heart disease in felines. Is that uh, a big deal? I mean, it, does that happen a lot? It, it, it sure does. Uh, we know that there's approximately 80 million cats alone just, just here in the U.S., and approximately 10 to 15 percent of all these cats have some form of heart disease or may actually be in heart failure. Mm. 
What is that man? How does that manifest itself? What are symptoms of heart disease? First off, the most common form of heart disease that a cat is susceptible to is a uh, form of uh, heart disease known as hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. And what that is, that is abnormal thickening of the heart muscle. And over time, uh, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy will lead to uh, a heart failure where the heart can no longer pump effectively and uh, get blood, oxygen, and nutrients throughout the animal's body. Is, the, is that idiopathic or is that uh, something that's lifestyle? It's, uh, th there is a certain breed that has a, a genetic predisposition to heart disease, and the, uh, the poster child for that particular uh, a breed of cats is the Maine Coon. Really? Yeah, Maine Coons, they have found a genetic predisposition for, uh, for heart disease. The, uh, the other breeds of cats, it, it's idiopathic. It's, uh, the, the cats are born with a perfectly normal heart, but then just like people, over time, the older the cat gets, the more predisposed they are to develop uh, heart disease. There are a lot of diseases that if you catch them in the early stages, you can take Prolong action. Prolong. Yeah. Is this one of those situations? This, this is one of those, just, just like any disease, the earlier that you catch it, the better the outcome for the animal. And with heart disease, the reason you want to catch heart disease is there are some lifestyle modifications that the cat owner can be educated about, such as uh, maintaining proper exercise with the cat, uh, keeping excessive weight off the cat, because what you want to do, you want to either prevent or delay the onset from heart disease to heart failure. I was just thinking cat yoga would be great. Uh, <laughs> we, we just had the cat yoga guy on just now. That's good exercise for the there heart, I would go. imagine. And there, for you, too. Sure. There's a test now. It tells you if your animal, your feline, has heart failure or, or heart disease. Uh, but both. Okay. The, uh, what we did, we looked at what's considered the standard of care on the human side. And for the last 10 years on the human side, They've been measuring a cardiac peptide called BNP, which stands for B-type natriuretic peptide. And we looked at the human test and tried to apply it with, uh, to cats and dogs, and it didn't work. There was not enough cross-reactivity between humans and cats and dogs. So we went back to the drawing board, and we made a canine-specific version of the human test and now a feline-specific version. And what we're measuring is a cardiac peptide called BNP, B-type natriuretic peptide, and it's released from the animal's heart anytime the heart is under stress or stretch that you would see in the setting of either heart disease or heart failure. Should all cats have this test or are there symptoms that we should look for and then have the test, or should it just be standard care that this should automatically be done? Uh, definitely not all cats need this test. Uh, the test needs to be administered only in conjunction with, say, a veterinary exam and under the, the discretion and guidance of a, a licensed veterinarian. But there are some red flags that should prompt a cat owner uh, and a veterinarian to incorporate this blood test into a workup. And one is if the cat is nice enough to us to actually display clinical signs of heart disease. And, and I say that because cats are notorious for uh, hiding their, uh, their clinical signs of many diseases, especially mm -hmm. heart disease. And some of the more common signs of uh, heart disease in cats would be rapid breathing, uh, decreased activity, excessive tiredness. I mean, one of the more common things that a cat owner will observe is, is they're, they're accustomed to seeing their cat just bouncing off the walls. And then 
over a period of time, they notice that, that, that their cat just hides under the bed all day or, or stays in a corner all day. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that actually may be a very subtle sign of heart disease. Or so, that something's wrong, definitely. That, that something is wrong. You got it. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the other thing to look out for is when a veterinarian hears a heart murmur on auscultation. So as part of a routine physical exam, if the vet hears an abnormal heart sound, that is a glaring red flag of something going on with the heart. But unfortunately, up to 30% of all cats with confirmed heart disease will have a normal exam to include normal auscultation. Is there a certain age where you see the onset of this more? Just like in people, the, the older the animal gets, the more at risk they are, the more prone they are to get heart disease. And on the, on the dog side, we're looking at about age 7 to 8, and on the cat side, a, a little older than that, uh, not 9 to 10, where you really start to see a greater number of cats that are developing heart disease. Dr. Stephen Ness joining us. We appreciate your time today. Well, thank you. I appreciate you inviting me on the show. There is a website if you're uh, if you're technically inclined. www.vetdiag. That's v-e-t-d-i-a-g dot com, and of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show at animalradio.com. We are out of time for this hour, but remember, we are streaming live twenty four seven at animalradio.com. Fresh breaking news, it's all right there. Also on your cell phone, any cell phone, any provider, simply text ANIMAL to 27627. I want to thank David Fry for joining us today. Also, Dr. Marty Becker. And, uh, oh, what? Huh? I have something to say. Oh, go ahead, please. Remember, if you get a pet, please stay or neuter. If it happens to be a cat, don't declaw. And always adopt from your local shelter. I'm Judy Francis. I'm Hal Abrams. Both of us wishing you a happy and safe Thanksgiving. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network.